welcome to episode 58 of Sharing Life Lessons. This is season 6. We are one spirit, one soul, and together we are creating a library of stories and life lessons. I am your host, Tamida, and I want to bring you stories because stories matter, stories inspire, stories teach, and stories heal. Listeners, we are back again for part three, the final part of this three-part series with Dr. Amin Daya, a spiritual thought leader who has shared with us so many stories from his life with valuable life lessons attached to each story. For those who are joining us today, and if you haven't heard episodes number 56 and 57, I highly recommend that you pause here and go back and listen to them as they are parts one and two of this three-part series. All three parts of these series are truly linked. As I said in the previous episode, it is not that if you listen to this episode alone, you won't gain anything. In fact, this episode is packed with life lessons, so you will definitely gain a lot. But you will enjoy the stories in this episode more if you know about Amin's childhood and youth. This is a true sequel. Today, I want to share with you the process I follow to create every episode. I first interview my guest, and I'm listening to their stories for the first time as well. I don't preview or filter their stories. It is their story. And if it is what shaped their lives, then it is good enough for me. We are all so interconnected that if my guest has found value in a life lesson, I know many of us will as well. Once the interview is done, the editing begins. And this is where I record my intro and outro. I'm telling you all of this because many times in the week that I am editing, I come across something that is so pertinent to to the discussion I've had with my guest that I included in the intro. It is mind-boggling how someone sends me something or I read something that is so relevant to that week's episode. I come across the material in that same week, not the week before, not the week after, but that very same week. It is as if the universe wants to partner with me in creating the content for this podcast and is doing its part by helping me stumble upon the right stuff. Well, this week was no different. Literally yesterday, someone posted this poem from my favorite poet and Islamic scholar, Rumi. Once you hear my discussion with Amin today, you will know why this particular poem and the stories you will hear from Amin, all in all, are meant for each other. The name of the poem is The Guest House by Rumi. This is how it goes. The Guest House, taken from selected poems by Rumi, translated by Coleman Barks, Penguin Classics, 2004. This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness, some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Even if they are a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture. Still, treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice. Meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. This is no doubt a beautiful poem. 
The one thing I want to tell you before we get to the interview is that you are in for a treat because you are going to hear one of my favorite stories from Amin. It is about his grandmother and I am so glad that he left the best for last. Okay, so everyone, let's welcome Dr. Amin Daya. Amin, do you have any more micro stories that you'd like to share? If not, I'd like to give you the chance to give one final message or life lesson to the listeners. Okay, I'll, I think I could conclude with one important lesson that I learned, which kind of shaped my life significantly. And that was in 1998, when over 10 years, I built a successful company together with my colleagues and we all worked very hard and we built it. And then we lost it all. So we went from being heroes to zeros. So as we went from having everything to absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. And we almost lost everything we owned as well. So in a, at a material level, we were rising and suddenly there was this massive crash. And we had to restart life from zero. Mm-hmm. And we focused on the environmental industry. We focused on Europe and we established our base in Spain. And then over the years, we rebuilt again successfully. But this was a transformational experience. And I'd like to share what I learned because it impacts everybody in this world. And what did this lesson teach me? Number one, this whole crash taught me that patience is extremely important. When I look back at the decisions I made that led to this, my impatience, my need to create and build everything for everybody right now was actually one of the reasons why things didn't work. One of many reasons. So I realized that patience is extremely important. And I also realized that that bus comes to the bus station every 30 minutes. You don't have to jump on the next bus. If you miss an opportunity, there's another one coming in the next Mm -hmm. bus. If anyone tells you this is a deal of a lifetime, don't do it. You're patient, you get on the right bus and you flow with life. When we rebuild again, this has been a cornerstone Even if a transaction is to be entered into and everybody is in agreement, I put it aside for a week. They think I'm procrastinating. No, I'm not. But a week later, if I still feel that it's worth doing, we will do it. So patience was one. Another one, which I think was probably the biggest of all lessons was the power of my faith in my creator. This was the anchor for us in every dark storm that came and many dark storms came. We found ourselves in the hottest soup you can imagine. But we went to bed every night and slept like babies because when we went to bed, we knew we are here. We've done our best today. We've done our best all our lives. Have you made mistakes? Yes, we have. We pray to learn from them. Mm-hmm. And the next morning we get up and say, thank you. You've given me another day. So today is my opportunity to take one more step to come out of this mess. So 
The faith in our creator was actually an absolute pillar, never shook us. The adversity did not break us, kept us strong. And it is that faith has really brought us all the way to today through some of the most trying circumstances in life. We all have those trying circumstances. But when you have that faith, you will pass through anything. So that was the other thing. The other part was the power of unity in your family. Like Karima and the children and I, we were one solid unit. Yes, we had gone through a nightmare. We used to have a beautiful home, which even had its own tennis court. Suddenly we are in a one bedroom apartment and children sleeping in the lounge and we're sleeping in the bedroom. You go from having everything to nothing, but nobody ever complained. Everybody said, fine, we're here. As long as we are healthy and we're together, that's what we're going to do. Then the next, so in, in this lesson was that your material scenarios can change, but you must remain constantly who you are and what you are. And that's what matters the most. And many people I knew said that if this had happened to me, I would have shot myself. And I go, why? I didn't come in this world to build an empire. Or to... I came for the experience. What I'm going through today, it's not fun at all, but I'm grateful for it. And then, of course, it forces you to see life. As you came with nothing, you will leave with nothing. The day you were born, you didn't even know where your bottle of milk was going to come from. Nothing has changed. So that lesson came loud and clear from this adversity is don't be married to your material scenario and circumstances. They will keep changing, but you remain who you are. The other one I learned about was who my true friends were. Mm -hmm. When life was good, we were surrounded by so many people, bees around honey. And yet when the chips were down, the people who were calling you all the time stopped calling you. People distanced themselves from you. And yet the ones who called you once in six months or once in a year or two years happened to be the ones who really stood by us. So just because someone you know, thinks of you and doesn't call you or talk to you, they may be your better friend. I realized that it was those who didn't need to speak to me but had my interests in their hearts. Mm-hmm. And they all showed up in our time of adversity, one by one. And one family actually came to the airport when we were traveling just to give us a hug saying, we're with you, we know you're hurting. I'll never forget that, never. The other lesson learned was that we have to forgive the past. Like after all this, I became very sick. And after six months of being very ill, I realized that I had to get on with life, otherwise how was I gonna provide for my family and look after them if I could remain sick? And I made that firm decision that I was gonna forgive everybody who had contributed to this nasty experience, all the perpetrators and all the guys who had their swords there, I forgave all of them. And in one of my my masterclass, I talk about, I visualize the old ship that Christopher Columbus used to go in. Mm-hmm. And I see two ships, and I see them all on this one ship, and I'm on the other one. And it's dawn in the morning, and it's a misty sky. 
And these two ships have a cord and I cut that cord and they begin to drift away. And then that ship disappears in the fog and I wish it well and I carry on on my journey. And then over time, because I don't even think about it, I forget it. You know, when people say you forgive and forget, if you try to forget, it's very hard. But if you forgive and move on and you fill your time with more new and beautiful experiences, then the space that that hurt occupied is filled, it's gone. You don't remember it. I'm talking about it now, but this is because I'm sharing the story with you. If I don't sit back ever and look back and go, oh my God, why did that happen? So the importance of forgiveness, you cannot move on. And this was key because after I forgave, we started going up from strength to strength. Do you think your illness had anything to do with the resentment that you were holding against the past? It was, a, hurt. it was massive disappointment. It was a combination of emotions because I felt I had let so many people down. Mm. I felt that the people who came after me had been unfair to me. Some of the tactics that were deployed, you know, in my books were very unfair. But I was going through those emotions. I had to break free from them. And forgiveness is one of the greatest healers that exists. Mm. So that's the other thing that I learned coming out of this crisis. And I think I, I became a lot wiser. I mean, I, I began to exercise prudence in everything. I never stopped trusting. I still trust. And I'm optimistic. I always see the glass half full, not half empty, but prudent. The great prophet Muhammad said, you know, trust in God, but tie your camel. Mm. And that was a very, very beautiful way for me to encapsulate a very difficult phase, but I'm so grateful that I came through it. And I remember I was writing a book called Towards Zero Conflict, and then all this happened. And then when I continued to write it, I realized that I had to experience conflict in very ugly forms to be able to teach. So when I teach about conflict or resolution of conflict in some of my lectures, I didn't read it in any textbook. I lived it. And therefore, sometimes as a teacher, you are thrown in the fire to know it's hot and you know how it burns and you teach people how not to get burned. So again, universe is always very kind. And in the ugliest of circumstances, something good's happening. And when you look back, here are we today, you and I talking, sharing this experience. Life's good. Could it be better? No, because it's always best. Those were some excellent life lessons and some great words of wisdom. I mean, actually I could go on talking for hours with you, but I sincerely can't let you go without making this one request. I was in one of your master classes and I heard you narrate a story about your grandmother, which I truly liked. And so if you can tell us about your grandmother and what she taught you, and then we can end this interview. Sure. Okay. What a wonderful lady. Her, her name was Noor. Noor means light. And we used to call her Noorubai. And this is my dad's mother. The age of 19, went to bed completely okay and woke up paralyzed, head to toe. And it wasn't a stroke, actually. It was a genetic defect that her complete neuromotor system failed. And when I was growing up, I used to spend all my holidays 
at grandma's house. And it was very normal for grandma to be paralyzed. She would sit at the table and we would be eating and I would stick a spoon in her mouth and then I would stick another spoon in my mouth. She needed to go to the bathroom. It was normal to take grandma to the bathroom. It was normal to clean her. I did not realize she was disabled because to me there was no concept of disability. This is what grandma is. Until I was much older, and when I was going to the UK for my education, we have a practice in our family where whenever each, any of us is going away anywhere, we would always bow to her feet and take her blessings. Because she was such a wonderful lady. And she blessed me and then she started crying. And she was crying and I said, why are you crying? I'm just going to England, I'll be back. And she said, no, I won't see you again. In this lifetime, I won't see you again. And so this is goodbye for now. And by that time I had understood her quite well and I pondered her disability much deeper. And I said, I have a question to ask you. And she said, what is that? And I said, don't you feel that the creator has cheated you in this lifetime? You've not been able to move. You cannot feed yourself. Even when you say, a sentence, it takes you two minutes. He took away your entire body. Don't you feel that you've been dealt a very harsh and unfair card by a creator? And she said, no. She said, this lifetime for me has been the best lifetime ever. She said, all my life, because he took away my body, all I have done is meditated and thought of him. And I found him, she said. So I'm not going to be born again. Mm -hmm. I completed my whole cycle of my soul. I found my creator. I am one with him. She said, I'm so much better off than you guys who have your legs and hands and you can run around and you can do things. But you occupy yourselves with all that and you miss golden nuggets that come your way in your life. Here, all I did was I was forced to seek. And when I realized those nuggets, I was happy. And she said, because you have all looked after me so well, she said, I'm giving you a blessing that all of you, all my progeny, you will never be unhappy in your lives. She said, you will be in difficulty but you will never be unhappy. And it's true. All her children and grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren are happy. Some are well off, some are not. But everybody is content. And what appeared to me is her disability also taught me that there is so many dimensions to every situation. I could have looked at her as an invalid. Mm. Instead, I now found that she was the brightest shining diamond in the universe. It lived within that paralyzed, disabled old lady. So when you look at anyone, when you look at anything, you recognize that, that there's amazing dimensions in every situation. Please look for them, be open to them, embrace them. Don't make up your mind by just what you see. Um, the other one was be patient like she was. I mean, she spent an entire life in paralysis. Never complained. We have a small problem and we're sending out 500 WhatsApps. And also 
have faith in your creator. Like she was a pillar when it came to faith. And of course, when she shared her experience with me, then I realized how powerful she actually was. Mm-hmm. Her faith, she anchored herself in her faith. When I and Karima and the children, we lost everything and went into that tiny little one bedroom apartment. I said to you that it was our faith that kept us going. That was the way universe showed us adversity, much kinder than what it showed my grandmother. We all faced adversity, but the faith anchored us. So it also taught me that I should make my spiritual search for these golden nuggets she talked about. I should make that a cornerstone of my life. No matter what faith or belief you come from, whatever you ascribe to, religious or non-religious, it's important to meditate and search for that higher reality. I meditate every day for two to three hours from 4 a.m. until whatever time I am done. But I live 21, 22 hours a day for those two to three hours. It's in the reverse. Mm -hmm. I don't live for the 22 hours. I live for those two hours. And what you discover in meditation and the golden nuggets my grandmother was talking about. So meditation is so important, which is why in these webinars and masterclasses, I take all the time to make sure everybody understands the techniques, keep them very simple, keep them very universal. I hope and I pray that each one of them finds that light, finds those nuggets, even if you find them in small little amounts as you grow. But seek, because if you don't seek, you will not find. If you don't put your line in the sea, you will not catch the fish. Mm-hmm. So that's part of her iconic life that I took away with me and it shaped me to what I became subsequently. So when you realize the light, you don't have to actually have a dramatic experience of the light. It grows in you. It's like that seedling that just begins to grow and suddenly you're more content and you're more peaceful and everything around you now is more enlightened. This was another big lesson that I learned from her to to live fully in the present. Because when you recognize the vastness of the oneness, you only gain that recognition in the present. It's not in the past because you died in the past already. A moment ago, you're not in that past moment. The future, you're not born yet. So live in the present because that's where all the power resides. And I keep repeating that in all my lectures to people. And I even help people meditate and teach techniques to how to anchor yourself. Because don't let the past rob you of it. Don't let the future worries rob you of it. Stay in the present. So all these lessons came from this beautiful grandmother of mine whose name was Moor, which means light. And she brought light to all of us. Such a beautiful story and what powerful lessons. This is a great ending to our interview. I mean, I am very grateful to you for giving us all of these lovely stories and life lessons. And as you feel exactly like I do, that there are some life lessons that can change your life. And I see that the life lessons that your grandma gave to you changed yours. And I pray that everyone has these experiences And I want to tell you that I truly appreciate you. Thank you very much, Hamida. And and I I 
really wish you so much success in your journey and the wonderful work you're doing. Now, honestly, I pray you go from strength to strength and bring more light to people's lives. So Amen thank you. That. Amen to that. Thank you again. First of all, I truly hope you enjoyed all three parts of this three-part interview with Dr. Amin Daya and especially his story about his life with his grandmother, Nurbai. Also, I wish I was talking to a live audience so I could ask you how many of you found the poem relevant to the stories Amin shared. I have no doubt that most of you would have raised your hands. This discussion with Amin today was so packed with life lessons that I have to be extremely selective in listing my key takeaways. Nevertheless, here they are. 1. Patience is extremely important. 2. We all make mistakes. Let's pray to learn from them. 3. If you try to forget about the hurt someone has caused you, it is difficult. But if you forgive them and move on, you will fill your life with new and more beautiful experiences. Then the space that that hurt once occupied is filled. Forgiveness is one of the greatest healers. 4. In the ugliest of circumstances, know that something good is happening. Have faith in your creator. 5. There are so many dimensions to every situation. Let's look for them. Be open to them and embrace them. And lastly, no matter what faith or belief you come from, re religious or non-religious, it is important to meditate and search for that higher reality. If you don't seek, you will not find. If you don't put your line in the sea, you will not catch fish. And this brings us to the end of this episode. I will bring you another episode of Sharing Life Lessons next Wednesday. Until then, be happy, be safe, and be well.